and welcome back to State of Mind. I'm Grace Kingswell and I'm a nutritional therapist and lifestyle medicine advocate. This is the second series of the podcast now and it's themed all around sustainability. Recent episodes have included Dr. Adam Gill, ethnographer and expert in human behaviour, talking all about how we can use behaviour change to positively impact health and environmental change. Flora Beverly on how to train sustainably. And today I have the lovely Leah from Chew Chews on to talk all about the blood type diet, our Western sense of entitlement surrounding food, and how we're all missing a trick by not varying the foods we're consuming and instead sticking to avocado, sourdough, overnight oats, and nut butter. Can anyone relate? Leah is an incredible chef and cooks recipes based on the blood type diet, which you'll hear more about as the episode goes on. Her Instagram page is under the name of Choo Choo's, which I think is such a fantastic handle as it perfectly captures this important concept of having the power to put food on our plate that truly nourishes us. So let's get into the episode. So I'm here with Leia. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's really, really exciting to get your friends in who are also doing really cool things and being creative and promoting change within the industry that you're passionate about. So I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Um, And the first question that I'm asking everyone in series two is, what's the last thing you did that positively impacted your health? So certainly the blood type diet, but that was three years ago. It really radically changed my lifestyle in general, but more recently yoga that I've been practicing more uh, often and uh, it's inviting great mind-body balance in my life. Mm. So that's really, really great. When you say the blood type diet changed your life, is that because, are you talking about lifestyle influences or purely dietary? Uh, it starts with dietary, but it had it has a very strong impact on the way you feel. Mm. Um, your energy levels grow up. Uh, you become very positive, and just having so much energy, uh, you feel, you know, able to release it into things that you weren't able to do. I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, before, I always felt sluggish and and slow, and I I slept all the time and. Um, the blood type diet turned that around completely. Yeah. So I'm more vigorous. I do much more exercise. I think more clearly. I'm positive. Yeah. I don't have any thing that's stopping me or blocking me, like indigestion or headaches or heartburn. None of that happens anymore. I sleep really well. So, you know, you just have other things to worry about now. It's life. <laughs> it is. And it's it's so interesting because I... So we first met, like, Years ago. Yes. But when I say met, I mean via Instagram. Yes. (laughs) Um, Because I had just been put on the blood type diet by Mm -hmm. a naturopath I was seeing. Yeah. Among other diets, I think I was doing low FODMAP and stuff as well. And it was kind of like I was right at the beginning of my healing journey. And I think she just probably wanted to eliminate anything that could be a potential trigger in my diet to allow my body to just just to simplify everything 
So she put me on the blood type diet along with the FODMAP diet and I was on the GAPS protocol at the same time, which it is when you lot. do a lot of bone broths mm. and stuff. And I was so overwhelmed. Yeah. I remember coming home from that appointment and just crying of course. with Nick because I was just thinking, what am I going to eat? It exactly. had narrowed down my food list to like 10 items. Yeah. But it was really interesting. And, and my mum and I have always been very close. And in terms of like health and diet, we pretty much like replicate what each other's are doing so she got really interested in the blood type diet started reading a lot about it and started following it and this was probably like four years ago and then she told her sister and her sister started doing the blood type diet and now mum my mum is a little she doesn't do it as rigorously but Judy my mum's sister does it really rigorously and both of them have noticed such improvements in their Mm. health but I wanted to talk to you about it because I mean, for me personally, I think once I was able to eat more foods, I came off it because I just needed more variety back of in my course. diet. But I wanted to talk to you about it because there's a lot of anecdotal evidence from people that are on the blood type diet that say they feel fantastic. And then there's scientific studies that say this is all nonsense. Mm. So first of all, tell us what it is and how it works. Cool. And then we'll get into the nitty gritty later. Okay, great. <laughs> Um, so the blood type diet, well, duh, it's <laughs> a diet based on your blood type. But the right question to ask is why the blood type is so important. Uh, your blood type antigens are the most important antigens in your body, in the human body. They are the ones who will promote and protect your immune system, promote health and strength. Now, they're going to decide whether when you eat something, they're your friends or your foe. Um, there are three categories of foods on the blood type diet. They're beneficial, neutral, which are all great, or avoid. The avoid foods when you eat them, basically. Um, foods have proteins in them when they don't adhere. They, they're called lectins. And when they don't adhere with your blood type, they create agglutination. That causes toxins. Uh, and so it's going to be harder and will require your body to do extra effort to process these foods. Uh, through your system. So basically you'll have all types of symptoms uh, that are side effects, if you want, uh, of pushing these foods down, Mm. processing them. Mm. It could be heartburn, it could be a headache, a light migraine, it could be a a rash, skin rash, acne, it could be psoriasis and it could be a disease. Over time, when you keep eating the avoid foods, um, they are going to target those, these agglutinations are going to start targeting Uh, tissue in your body and this is how you get to disease and we want to avoid that Mm. Uh, on the contrary when you adopt the better foods for you the beneficial and the neutral uh, you work with the power of your own machinery so you really feed it with what it does best and you give it good fuel basically Mm. to function and this is where slowly you start getting rid of all the symptoms yeah and and detoxing so i'd like to say that the blood type diet is like permanent detox it's really great. That's why I, I always say it's great lifestyle. Yeah. Because you adopt it and you just stop thinking about it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I think maybe what's really interesting from some of the studies that were done is that it was the people that went on the A-type diet, mm-hmm. which is the broadly plant-based, mm-hmm. very little animal protein um, no cow, cow's milk. They were the ones that saw the greatest impact in their health. And we know from research these days that eating a broadly plant-based diet is one of the best things we can do for our health. 
Talk us through the O type because that's the in inverted commas carnivore. And what's quite interesting is that when you're um, learning to be a naturopath or a nutritionist or whatever, we're taught so much about the value of vegetables and how when people really need to kind of cleanse and reset, the best thing to do is kind of up the veg and decrease the animal produce. I'm a firm believer in that. But interestingly, my husband mm-hmm. is a blood type O mm-hmm. and he's always really, he's also Australian, so it's probably why, but he's also, he's really craves meat. Yeah. And I don't cook it that much at home, Mm. um, if at all. But whenever we're out, Mm. without a doubt, he will gravitate towards the red meats. And he is also thrives on explosive exercise, whereas I'm an A and I really do better on things like gentle walking and yoga. And it's kind of like, it all sort of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on the O type, though, mm-hmm. because overconsumption of meat is such a topical subject. Yeah. So can we ever be kind of eating in a sustainable way on the blood type diet if we are sticking to these strict rules of A's eat mm-hmm. pulses and O's eat meat? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, first of all, I completely agree with you that lessening our meat intake in general for everyone is much better for our health, our state of mind, and for the environment, that's for sure. Now, the reason blood typos do so great on meat is because they have a lot of stomach. They're actually the type that has the most stomach acid, so digestive enzymes, to process it. Mm. Blood type A does not. And actually, if you eat too much meat, it's going to hurt. Yeah, It's going to be very hard to digest. Yeah, I found, uh, when I started reading into the blood type diet, one of the things that made me think this makes so much sense is because mm-hmm. I have never really been able to digest meat very well at all. Yeah. Actually, now I'm much better now that I've like kind of healed. Yes. But I remember, you know, not being able to eat like a spaghetti bolognese without mm. kind of regurgitating it for like three hours afterwards. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, blood typo is the it's the first man. It's the hunter gatherer. Um, And yes, they thrive on red meat, that's for sure. But there's one thing to keep in mind. First of all, in the book, um, not that I want to go buy the book, but it's also interesting because Dr. Diadamo, who wrote it, is a professor in genetics and everything has been tested and proven and all of that. He does mention next to every food value, a weekly intake Mm. for everyone. So it doesn't mean that you have to eat red meat at every meal, every day, Mm. beef every day. Um, we have to be mindful about the way we eat, especially today. And I think not only is there red meat, but there's lamb, mutton, goat. There are so many varieties of meat. There are, there's fish, seafood. Actually, type O does very well on seafood, unlike many other types. So they can enjoy many things. And it's really about maintaining a balanced diet. And I think today, wherever you go, we're just given in our faces stuff, the same foods, and I can list you 15 foods that we keep eating over and over again, avocados, yogurt, berries, uh, you know, prawns, chicken, oats. I mean, there you have it, you know? I mean, of course, you have a few more. Your typical healthy millennial diet, Exactly. So from Pret to a big restaurant, that's all you're going to see on the menu. And that's really unhealthy because who's getting the profit from that? We know Mm. very well. Uh, But you're missing out on so much. And you and I are privileged and love going to the farmer's market. And that's wonderful to be able to do that and finding purple sprouting broccoli or asparagus every week and eating seasonally. 
But many people don't have access to that. And it's unfortunate. Um, mm. And I think the aim is to really promote a varied diet yeah. and not get stuck on that. Um, so this is also something I'm I'm trying to do with Choo Choo's, but I guess we'll talk about it later. Yeah. yeah. So you think that there's enough because obviously the main concern with a lot of diets is that they end up being quite prescriptive and people get into the mindset of, um, you know, neglecting certain things, cutting whole food groups out. But from my from what I take, the, the blood type diet is still very varied in each mm-hmm. in each type, yeah. A, B, O yeah. and A, B. There's still a huge variety of foods that you can choose from. Definitely. Then it's really about keeping an open mind. Mm. Because the first thing that someone's going to ask you is, that's my blood type, what can't I eat? Mm. And that's a real problem because yeah. people, today we've become very entitled um, in the way we eat because we have access to so much and uh, we feel that, you know, we should be able to eat spaghetti bolognese whenever we want, wherever we want, in Japan, in London, wherever, you know. Uh, but in fact, um, the reality is that we forget to look around and once again, being open-minded and thinking, okay, I understand this is not right for me. I I like this fight philosophy. Let's look into it. What can I eat? And in fact, you'll realize that there is so much you can eat mm. and work with and play with. Mm. You know, this is where creativity comes in and this is where you can make change and yeah. progress. I think In everything, actually, yeah. not just in, you know, with the blood type diet. For sure. I think that's what one thing that's really great about what you're doing on social media and with your audience and your presence is that you're not promoting those same foods mm-hmm. every time I look at one of your posts it's a lot of it's like words that I've not heard before or you're cooking a really specific cut of meat that's like not um that's not very well used but is really high in nutrients and do you think that this whole world of like healthy eating that's online is actually really detrimental in a way to our health because we are so fixated on blueberries, avocados, overnight oats and nut butter, <laughs> basically. Um, well, it's great and it's not. I think it's great that the information is out there. You, we always need press and media to emphasize on certain things mm. for the message to come across because if you think about it 20 years ago, if you were a vegetarian, you would you would be the funny one in the room, you know. Today we have people like Deliciously Ella leading the vegan movement, veganism, plant based, and you know, and it's normal to be a mm. plant based eating person. And all types of restaurants, from Michelin star to Prêt à Manger, everybody offers these options. So we've come a long way, and we needed the media to highlight superfoods, nutrients, turmeric. Yes, we'll go and have turmeric lattes and all of that. But at least in the back of our minds, we're familiar with what turmeric is. We know how to use it. It's very, very important. Um, Now, it's unfortunate because that becomes the rule. And then we forget. Mm. And it's only people like you who can make the change, Mm. you know? I mean, we're creatures of habit, aren't we? Once we find something we like and we know that it's good for us, we'll happily eat it for lunch every day. When actually we need a huge amount of variety in our diet to get all of the all the nutrients especially when you're on a vegan or plant-based diet you've got to eat s- such a variety of foods because plant foods naturally aren't necessarily as as complete in certain minerals or amino acids and i think it's really good that there's people in the social media sphere that are peddling the weird veg and like the weird sources of protein mm-hmm. so that we don't Definitely. all get stuck in this like rigmarole. Yeah. Um, 
tell us then how this all came to 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 be. I mean, where did Choo Choo's come from? And tell us a little about you and your story towards health. Cool. Um, so I, well, long story short, um, I was running an art business um, in my 20s that I closed down. I was 28, needed a change and went and did a master's in branding. Uh, I was pa- I've always been passionate about branding, working behind the scenes. Um, and after my master's, I was turning 30 soon, 29, and uh, very, very, very unhealthy. I mean, being a student didn't suit me. I was drinking a lot, smoking, uh, really unhealthy. Like, I'd put on weight. I had acne at 29. Ridiculous. Like, I didn't look like myself. I certainly didn't look like a 29-year-old young woman. (laughs) Um, And uh, and I thought, you know, the 30 mark really scared me. And I thought, okay, let's get healthy. Yeah. How do we do it? And I've always looked at nutrition because we always ate healthy at home. And I mean, so I started reading and I got to the book. It right for your blood type and thought to myself, okay, let's give this a go. Because mm-hmm. I read a lot and this was really, the book provides you with a great balance of, you know, um, scientific evidence, but also sociological. Mm-hmm. You understand where it comes from, how it's been, you know, d- developed. And it's study. more of a lifestyle than a diet as well. Exactly. Isn't it? Yeah. Very, very nice read, very well written. So I thought, okay, let's give it a go. And I used to be the biggest carnivore you could ever imagine. I would have two steaks for a dinner like it was ridiculous I would have <laughs> meats pro- like an animal protein in every meal whether it's a slice of ham in the morning or chicken in my salad at lunch every meal so I'm a type A so turning to pescatarian chicken and no red meat kind of was a bit of a shock but this is where because I love cooking that really helped um, I thought okay that's a challenge let's do it mm. so I gave myself 5 months and I did it eating only the beneficial foods that is quite restrictive by the way yeah cuz I was going to say there's a lot of foods which are neutral yeah I I did include some but I tried to focus uh, as much as I could on the beneficial just to see if that diet really worked mm. Um, and I've always been well, since my teens I've always been a wheat and dairy intolerant anyway so that was very restrictive. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I tried it and this is where it turned everything around. I had my skin became so clear. It was ridiculous. I lost so much weight. Not so much, but I lost five kilos I've never put back on. Mm-hmm. Um, I slept really well. I was the biggest insomniac in the world. The worst. Um, I, I know people don't talk about this, but um constipated constipation yeah. problems like it's a real problem in our societies so yeah. many people are you know have it and nobody talks about it but it turned out around like 360 degrees like everything went well and I started going to the gym and finding my way basically that year I had to move back to Beirut after my master's um turned 30 was Woo. a bit depressed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went back to Beirut and um had to start my life from scratch, find a job, start working, blah, blah, blah. The only thing that got me back on my feet was the blood type diet. So um, I started cooking for myself and I found it funny as well because it's it was a different life from London. Ingredients, you know, at hand were different. Yeah. Traditions, you know. So um, is the is the food culture much more meat heavy there in Beirut? Actually, no. If you look at it, Lebanese food is mainly vegan. Mm. There is a lot of meat, yes. But you have, you know, yeah. as much 
Yeah, uh, plant-based options. If you think of all the meza is plant-based. So yummy. And, uh, you know, there's the home cooking side of things that people know less about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all the, you know, stews, Lebanese stews that, you know, your mama would make. Yeah. And these come in two options, with or without meat. So yeah. very, very easy. Um, and I just thought it was a funny exercise. So to stick to the diet, it got me back on my feet after interrupting it for a few months. Uh, and I, I just felt great again in just a matter of meals, you know. So I thought, okay, I'm going to stick around, stick to this diet, and I'm going to create a, an Instagram account just to um, stick to it and mm. promote, share this wellness, basically. Cook every day. And and so this is how it started. I thought Choo Choo's would be a funny... It's the best Playful. name ever. <laughs> I've always thought this. When I first discovered you, I was like, because I think at that stage you were I'm just starting. Y- you were you choose you chew, you choose. And oh, now maybe. you've dropped that, you're just choo choose. Because it's so great. Everyone has a choice. Exactly. When you put when you're putting food into your mouth, you have the power to decide whether that food is working for your body and doing something good or not doing something good and yeah. making you feel awful. Best, great Instagram Thank you. handle. <laughs> Thank um, you. So that's it, basically. Started working on it. And uh, and things just snowballed from there. Yeah. And one day, actually, I started getting likes from uh, Eat Right for Your Blood Type, the people oh. behind the book. And I got very excited. Um, and they contacted me. And basically, I've been freelancing for them uh, for three years now. Amazing. So that's what, creating really recipes. Yeah. And- I create recipes and content for some of their newsletters. That's great. So that's so fun to have them, you know, we're yeah, in yeah. touch and update each other on yeah. the same, you know, what we're passionate about, the same thing, the blood type diet. And you call yourself a home cook. However, I feel like when I look at your recipes, I'm like, this is way, this is way in excess of home cook. You're such a distinguished chef in my oh. view. <laughs> Where's that come from? Is that is that like a Thank family you. thing? Your mum taught you to cook? Is it... I mean, did you just kind of learn on the job? How have you become such an incredible master of like flavors and all of that stuff? Well, thank you. <laughs> um, well, yeah, my family's both cook a lot. They've always cooked. They've always been very connected to where food comes from and how it should be made. Uh, in my mom's family, they're industrial. So they really look at the technical aspect of how things should be. Um, right. So... Um, is that, that like kind of how when it was pancake day and we were talking about pancakes? Oh no, we were talking about cooking biscuits and I asked you for a recipe mm. and then I was like, but I only really want to use ground almonds and like peanut butter or something. And you were like, well, Grace, I'm not going to give you a recipe that doesn't have all the like component parts because you were like, I am a proper baker and baking requires, you need eggs, yeah. you need some sort of something to make it rise, you need flour. And I was like, <laughs> okay, it's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for indulgence and trying to find, you know, the right... Experimentation. Yeah. But I was brought up by a mother who is a miller and they've been millers for hundreds of years. So for me, you know, That's making so cool. bread, there's only one way of making bread, mm. you know, and cake. And, you know, so the technical aspect of things is very important because I don't just look for the flavor, but if it rows well and it weighs the right weight mm. and all of these things mm. uh, that will impact the flavor and yeah. the pleasure of eating yeah. it. So. It's like when I bake a banana bread and it's really gooey in the middle, I'm like, this is great. It's so gooey. And you'd say it's raw. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It happened, right? Well, I mean, uh, that's how my things usually tend to 
turn out because I tend yeah. I just like ignore recipes because it's, it's a thing. comment I used to I use a lot actually. oh really yeah yeah <laughs> it's just something I've always thought about my baking tastes fine but probably a bit raw <laughs> um can you give us your kitchen essentials in terms of because you just had your kitchen redone. Yes. I've been following on Instagram. Thank I'm very you. jealous because I have a very small kitchen. <laughs> you have to come over um, for a meal. Three ingredients and three utensils that are like your literal go-to. Okay. Um, lemon and lemon zest. I knew that was going to be one. Yes. I have to grate it everywhere. I love it. Or lime, but lemon for sure. Uh, I love sumac. Mm. Sumac is great. Um, you put that on fried eggs, don't you? Fried eggs a lot and some vegetables as well. Third one, good one. I mean, I love I love herbs and green lettuce. Yeah. It's really simple things, but really fresh flavors. Okay. Um, sounds really boring, maybe. Not what you expected. No, I was, no I, I was expecting you maybe to say something like garlic, but... Hmm, not necessarily. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what about like kitchen tools? Yes. So the zester for sure mm -hmm. for everything. Um, my mandolin to finely slice things. I was gonna say, what is that? No, it's not an instrument. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, third one, a good knife. I think that should be number one. Yeah. You need to invest the minute you step into a kitchen. Invest in a good knife Do you know and keep it for life. Really interesting know? is that I have none of those in my kitchen. I mean, you don't need a mandolin if you have a good knife. <laughs> I don't have a good knife. I make do with like really, really bad ones. I have got something to zest lemons, but Whoa. we're very different cooks. <laughs> I can't wait to come over for lunch. <laughs> well, yeah, mandolin is from cooking school, so. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you something about a post you recently wrote on your blog. Mm -hmm. um, it was called Health and Pleasure or Health and Pressure. And you kind of explored the concept of traditions in modern day cooking versus the need or the want to consume certain foods based purely on health goals. Mm. Can you explain that? Because it was a really interesting post. Thank you. Uh, and thanks for reading it. Uh, that, that follows well what we were talking about, um, uh, about, you know, the health trends that we have here in the West. Mm. Um, I feel that there is a going back and forth to Beirut every now and again. I feel there's a big clash between in our relationship to food. It is so good to be able to have the knowledge um, and awareness about health food and what's good for us and eat instinctively and nourish our bodies for better efficiency, live longer, etc. But it cuts out. I look at my friends and I see how they eat and it makes me sad because it cuts out all of the pleasure of eating. Mm. It, it's not about how it looks, but it's about how it's, you know, um, there is a ritual in cooking. There is, it brings people together. It, it's about joy. It's not about eating quickly. It's not about... You know, just eating because you need the... Sometimes it doesn't even make sense, you know. People add something to their smoothie because of that antioxidant, but they don't even... Sorry, they don't even know why they need it, mm. you know. And this kind of pisses me off sometimes because I don't get it. Um, unless you have a prescription and you know why you need these things. Sometimes we just overdo it. Going back to Beirut so often, and I just see how people eat naturally, very wholesome farmer organic food very naturally it's n yeah it's an instinct thing sorry it's more like intuitive it's eating, intuitive another yeah. buzzword 
Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I would like to bring some of that into the wellness that I'm promoting with Choo Choo's. Mm. It's not about tradition. I do, I, today I'm a God knows what generation Armenian, Egyptian, Lebanese person brought up in Paris. Who knows? But like as worldly as everyone can be today with access to food and variety of food, but bring in that aspect of tradition that is generosity, presence, intention yeah. and love into the food. What's your like all time favorite meal? If I'll tell you, you'll find it really, really <laughs> disappointing. No, go on. But it, it's really linked to a childhood um, memory. I have this friend, Alix, we used to go to her house and her mother cooked the best salads. Mm. And we used to make fun of her because it was les herbes à la salade and not salad with herbs, herbs with salad. So mm -hmm. she would put just a drop of lettuce, just a tiny bit of lettuce with a mountain of herbs, the freshest herbs you could get, mm -hmm. with this amazing vinaigrette. And it just made it... So fresh, the flavors were incredible, and the crunch and all of that. So whenever I eat a green salad, really makes my day. From a nutritional point of view, herbs are such powerhouses of nutrition because it's all of those really um, strong flavored things in nature that have those like antimicrobial effects mm -hmm. in our gut, for example, like basil is, is yeah. incredible. Rosemary yeah. is so good. And uh, yeah, we just don't use them enough in, in cooking. Yeah. I'm really touched that you've shared your journey with us. Thank you and so it's much. it's so interesting. For having me. There's a few things I want to ask you with regards to state of mind, because mm -hmm. obviously that's what the podcast is about. Have you found your journey to health and your journey to the blood type diet, has that really improved your mental state at the same time? I mean, how do you look at your life now versus the way you looked at it before you found the blood type diet? Oh, definitely. Um, it brought me so much clarity. Mm. I'd say clarity of thought, mm. clarity of being as well. Did you mm. feel like, not that you had a purpose, but it's almost like some, something really tangible that you could hold on to, like, I'm sticking by this. You know, it, it just makes room for the self because we don't rea realize how much we take on sometimes physically. Uh, how, like... People who are affected by heartburn or indigestion, headaches, mm. recurring, you know, chronic, mm. uh, don't really realize how much of a down. yeah, how much of a strain it is in their every day. But the minute it goes away, so yeah. simply yeah. by just having an open mind, a little bit of curiosity, um, a pinch of patience. Yeah, you know, it's just about making room for yourself, and this is the first step. And. Um, and then you just have so much time to feel good, rejoice, acknowledge, and then move on to mm. what you want to do. So a lot of clarity. Yeah. Yeah. In result. And you did, um, I just thought off the top of my head, you did Veganuary this year, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> How did you find it? And would you do it full time ever, do you think? Uh, I really loved it as a challenge creatively yeah. in the kitchen. Uh, and this is, it really reconnected me with actually Lebanese food mm. because I don't have it on a daily basis, but I did have it on almost a daily basis. Yeah. I did feel great. I did see a shift. Actually, since veganuary, I've cut out dairy from my life okay. because I felt it, you know, really, really impacted me. 
Because on the, you're an A-type, and on the A-type yeah. diet, you can have goat's yeah. milk, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just sometimes you cut things out and you realize you don't need them anymore. Yeah. You don't want them. And have I you don't made have sure to get those nutrients that you were getting from dairy, like, elsewhere in your diet? Well, I'll come and see you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure. Um, so that was great. Now, on the long term, um, I exercise a lot. So I think... Um, you know, sometimes your body asks for things, and mm. I love. I like to just listen to my mm. gut. The min the the day I wake up and I think, oh, I really feel like having some sea bass today. I'm not going to deprive myself, mm. but I have to say that I'm maybe sixty percent, seventy percent plant based yeah. the way I eat. Yeah, um, which is not bad. I mean, I remember you saying. Um, Mid midway through January that you'd never eaten so many carbs. That's true. <laughs> but it takes, like... Because you have to eat so much more to get the calories you need, don't you, for the day. Mm. But I think, uh, to answer you, if 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 I do it again, I would, but over a period of at least six months. Yeah. Because I don't think a month is enough. Because in that month, in January, it was just enough to adapt. Because you've got all your bearings that you have to get rid of and try and find new things. That mm. takes a while Yeah. Um, to see how your body reacts to things, yeah. etc. Over six months, I'm sure you can stabilize and find a way that's really healthy and do it the right way. Mm. Yeah, I mean... I think with any diet that's a significant change, it yeah. should be approached slowly. Of course. I think a lot of people decide to go vegan overnight yeah. and they haven't really educated themselves yet as to where they're going to get the iodine from exactly. or, you know, calcium and blah, blah, blah. And um, you can actually end up feeling worse because mm. your body suddenly doesn't have what it needs. Mm. You're not replacing it and your energy levels dip or your digestion goes yeah. weird because it, you're eating all the, these pulses and that you're not used to and... Yeah, I think, I just think we need to approach food more slowly in general these days. For sure. Um, I notice a huge difference between if I rush a meal and if I don't rush a meal. And if I really am grateful for what I'm eating and, you know, how much time did I spend preparing it? And I actually, I count myself very lucky in the sense that my mum brought me up in a house where food was always healthy, mm -hmm. always nourishing, mm -hmm. nutritious, fresh from the local farm shop. But at the same time, we're we're quite quick as people. Yeah. And it was always kind of, oh, I'll just throw together a salad and, you know, and, and it's like meals and moments. And that's brilliant when you've come in late and you need a quick supper. But at the same time, I think I inherited this sense of that, Supper is a bit different because you're sitting down with the family, but I inherited this feeling of that like lunch should always just be quick. Mm. And I love the fact that people like the French, they take, you know, they, they take yeah. that hour for lunch and you probably <laughs> do that because yeah. you were brought up in Paris. But I don't know what it is about us Brits. We just love to be busy and we love to rush around. And it's, it's almost great like, too. yeah, it's like, it's like you get a medal at the end of the day if you were stressed, if you rushed your lunch and if you didn't take a lunch break because that means you must have worked hard. Mm -hmm. But actually, like, what's it done to your body, you know? It's mm -hmm. just, yeah, I think there's there's a lot that needs to happen around the dialogue of food. And I feel like things are going in the right, right direction. Yeah, a lot of um, industries, companies are changing the way they're integrating um, yoga or healthy food in their yeah. companies yeah. and 
giving breaks to their employees. Like, it's really great. Mm. Yeah. Not last, everyone yet, but... No, I know. The last thing I just wanted to talk about quickly before we go on to the final three questions is this concept of food is medicine. Mm-hmm. I've heard it uh, being <laughs> dragged through the mud a lot recently um, with uh, registered nutritionists and mm. certain people and on Instagram that have big profiles. And I really feel like it's a it should be bespoke to each individual. Me personally, I 100% believe in that statement. For mm-hmm. me and my own health and my healing journey, food has been medicine. What's your take on that? Oh, well, that's the base of the blood type diet. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's what I live for. And we've reached the end of the podcast. I want to mm-hmm. ask you the same three questions I ask everybody else. Um, the first is, what's one thing you would do again in life if you could? In all honesty, I wouldn't. Okay. Because I like to think that we are able to do things when we can. Mm-hmm. So if things didn't happen, it's for a good reason mm-hmm. or it's for a reason yeah. and we weren't ready. I'm not the kind of person who looks back on things. Mm-hmm. I just look forward. So yeah. I acknowledge and I move on. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> What's one thing you would change if you could? Probably the way my perception of the Middle Eastern culture growing up. Yeah. Because being um, thrown in all directions with all these cultures growing up was a very, it was proper identity crisis mm. for me. Um, yeah. It was very hard to define what am I, who am I. Um, and I'm able to do that with cooking and I'm uh, reconciling myself yeah. with the culture in a way through That's food. So nice. And uh, I wish I, I had that, early, you know, I could yeah. do it earlier. But once again, I wasn't ready. So Was it just because you were kind of living your life in so many different places that you found it very hard to associate with one or...? My family is very liberal, not traditional at all. I was never brought up to learn Arabic. Uh, I did learn it in school eventually. But I mean, you know, um, we never really cooked so much Lebanese food in Paris. Mm. I mean, we were, you know, I brought up being very worldly, Mm. traveled a lot. um, And I'm very thankful for that. But at the same time, I couldn't say, you know, uh, some people have are very rooted, especially Middle Eastern people. So when you hang out with them and you don't relate and you mm. hang out with the French and you don't relate. Yeah. Hard. Where are you? You yeah. know, and my Armenian family and you don't relate, you don't understand the language. Yeah. It's just a bit weird. And then they tell you that you're from Egypt and you're like, really? <laughs> okay. That's fun. Yeah. So. But now you're creating your own identity voice and identity through your food. And, yeah. And I think it's important as well because, um, I hope that millenn- old elder millennials like us mm. um, will relate to the food I cook because we have access. Yeah. And we look to slow down nowadays. Our mm. lifestyles are slowing down. We're cherishing our friends and times we spend with them and quality over quantity. So, yeah, um, that was a long answer. <laughs> no, I think you're so right. And I love how you use the term older millennials because I definitely am starting to feel my age. And I mm. do definitely agree that there's a... There's divide. a big difference. There's a divide Definitely. in the millennial bracket for sure. Yeah. Um, and finally, mm-hmm. the podcast is called State of Mind. Yes. What does state of mind mean to you? It's a blow up of, yeah, it's a blow up of state of mind is really being in the present and a present moment that you cherish. And uh, for me, the podcast is blowing that up into a, a style. Mm-hmm. So a longer term, you know. So, so it's style, basically. <laughs> it's style, so like a lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Leah. Thank you for having me. It's great. <laughs> Thank you again for tuning in to State of Mind. If you're new here, I would love you to subscribe and most importantly, leave a review on the podcasts app as that's how the pod can gain traction and hopefully get heard by more people. You can find me at Grace Kingswell on Instagram and online at gracekingswell.com. My guest next week is incredible. I can't wait to talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.